Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we're doing something we don't do very often. We're talking about a Netflix original. Yes, we are actually talking about El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. With me today is my buddy Q. You know him from Bird Road. He also is sort of my boss here at the All Points West Network, and he's my best friend. But uh, Q is here. It's been a while since he's been on the show, but we actually have a couple episodes coming up that he is going to be a part of, and I'm always glad to have him here on the show because I have such a good time. I, I'm sitting here like on the verge of laughing right now just trying to record this intro <laughs> because this conversation was just so ridiculous and a little all over the place, but a lot of fun. So uh, I, 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 I seriously entered the conversation with two puzzle pieces, Ended up with three, uh, but it, it went in all kinds of directions. We ended up talking for like a solid 50 minutes, um, even without that much uh, prepared ahead of time. So it, it just ended up being a lot of fun. So we're going to get into that in a second. I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join the Facebook group popcorn and puzzle pieces where we continue the conversation about all these movies so without any further ado let's get into the conversation so uh today on the show uh i don't want to do it i changed my mind <laughs> let's cancel this right now <laughs> cancel dump it just dump it Finished. nobody wants to hear it well uh uh you know what with me today is my best buddy q um i haven't talked to him in a little bit but how's it going q Bad. <laughs> we 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 took the month of September off for Bird Road. Um, Is that what we did? And now it's October sixteenth, and we haven't started. No, it's midway off through October again. Yeah, but uh, he's here. We haven't talked about the Joker. We haven't talked about. I mean, we we the Adams we, family we text each other like 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 teenage we haven't girls talked about, about the Joker, but we haven't talked about. Um, we haven't talked about the the democratic debates. We haven't talked about Were there democratic debates last night. Oh, we haven't talked about. Um, I don't know. Well, you know what we are going to talk about the movie Cuck. <laughs> Tune in next time for that. But we're going to talk about El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. I just realized it's called a Breaking Bad movie, not the Breaking. Yeah, Bad. implying that there could be yeah. future Breaking Bad movies. Hmm. Like if we want to just find out what happened to like the corpse of Gustavo Fring or something like that, <laughs> that seems like a good uh, a good place to kick off. I think here's 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 my move. Okay, 
Um, Breaking Bad, Walt story, prequel. The whole story. I don't know how much you remember really of Breaking Bad. This show has been off the air for so fucking long. We're going to talk about that as as we go through this episode. Because, yeah, that's the biggest problem with this movie. Here's my pitch to you, right? I walk up and I'm, you know, you're Vince Gilligan. Mm -hmm. And I'm pitching you. Here's my idea. Breaking Bad uh, prequel, college age Walt. Mm -hmm. And we finally get to see what the fuck it was that happened with that falling out with the um with the Schwartzes where and uh by the way not to you know uh, not to uh, besmirch your people but um I, come on are you suggesting that my he, people he, he went into business he's upset about a business dealing uh, from the outcome of a venture that he started with a couple named Schwartz come on uh-huh. what do you think <laughs> What do you think happened there? I've got a, f- I've got you, a few I'm thoughts on you. what might have happened. <laughs> I'm asking you, as a man named Rosen, you know, what do you think happened there? I, I'm lucky in this situation in that I don't remember, so I don't have to answer the questions. <laughs> well, they left it a very open to interpretation. Remember, this was actually the animating force of the TV show, right, right. was Walt's, um, his, his sort of... Uh, his uh, what is that feeling that I'm trying to like put the word to that 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 recrim- not recrimination but like it was his um his own hubris kind of mm. like he had this hubris where he felt like the world we meet Walter White and he's we think he's like this cuddly dad who's just trying to do his best but we come to find out he's this guy who who harbors all this resentment and really thinks that the right. world has screwed him over and thinks that he right, deserves the world screwed him over. More. He's right. the original and, that guy, which is such a big yeah, character well, now and everything. I mean, I would say like Tony Soprano is the original that guy. Yeah, Maybe. sure. I, guess I mean, like true. you're talking about like the the antihero who you know you think might have like a heart of gold, but by the time he's finished, you realize he never had any heart at all. Like that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, I don't know, but uh, anyway, I think that that would be cool. And young Walter White. Um, graduate student Timothy Chalamet. Mm, okay, you watching that? You watching that? Okay, I got you. I, I I like it. So we're going with sexy Walter White. Is that that's the? <laughs> I mean, was there ever a different kind of Walter White? I don't know. Was he uh, sexy? I, I guess he was. I don't know. Why don't you ask these fucking stains in my drawer? <laughs> if you haven't uh, been able to tell people listening at home, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a different episode today, uh, but it's still going to be a main episode of the show. What does show. that mean? What does that it, mean it, that this it, is it means a different it's, episode? It's going to be a little loose. Why are you Why are you othering me? I, I'm othering you. You're, you're, gonna, you're getting one of the most anticipated movies of the year coming up where we do the Parasite episode in a couple weeks. Um, so don't don't complain too much, but uh, but no, I think. How mad will you be if I um jump the gun uh-huh. and I I I know where I can stream like steal, uh, <laughs> parasite? How mad would you be if I just did that? I'd be so mad at you. I I'm, I I think that's the first time pirating movies has come up on this show, and I I'm really angry right now. <laughs> well, that's your that's your failing that you haven't mentioned the concept of pirating movies. I don't ever want to talk um, about pirating movies. <laughs> Why do you you know you know like, where we can watch well, it? Well, right I was now? watching this while I was watching this on my iPhone eight. It was like, <laughs> you know you know, if you know where we can watch it right now, we could scrap this episode and we can go watch it and and do it. But literally come back and do it. Why? <laughs> uh, clearly, you did not like El Camino. No, I did. I did. I I didn't love it. 
but I did. Well, we I get did we get it. into that at the end, right? Uh, well, like we, we, that's actually uh, I, that shows that you haven't really listened in a while because we we've kind of uh, we've kind of scrapped the the uh, the overall review. I mean, it just kind of comes naturally it's a lot. throughout. I do listen. I listen. I just listened to I just listened to Joker. Yeah, um, we didn't say we, just, we say it throughout nowadays. You know, in in okay. the beginning days, we we very specifically segmented it off at the end you know but now it's kind of it just kind of happens throughout listen i can't be keeping like my all, all 10 of my fingers wrapped around the every single one of my properties all right i don't properties. just simply don't have the time so uh yeah we're, we're, i know i only have a couple of puzzle pieces for this one i don't know how many you've well, got i came up with there. a few you got a few okay good yeah. well we're gonna we're gonna kick it off with you first for your first puzzle piece and we'll see as we go back and forth maybe i'll maybe i'll come up with an extra one or two uh, along the way but going for el camino a breaking bad movie what do you got for your first one Okay, so for the first one, I'm going to um, sort of echo some of the main criticism in this that I've seen out there from this movie, mm-hmm. which I can sign on to, and that is uh, the idea that this movie was not necessary. Mm-hmm. It was not required to close out the story or add a, you know, an epilogue to this story. Um, and from intensely popular television shows that had their own completely unnecessary movies that were basically just love letters to fans. Uh, this is a sort of a two-parter. Sex in the City and Veronica Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think, you know, haha, funny, silly, you know, like Sex in the City, Veronica Mars, comparing it to a Breaking Bad movie. But really, think it about it. It makes sense. Who asked for those fucking movies? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Nobody asked for those movies. Yeah. And um, they were basically just love letters to their fans. Uh, they were nonetheless successful and based on, you know, this uh, opaque uh, regime that Netflix runs where you kind of have to read between the lines to figure out if something did well. Um, based on what I've heard, at least, it seems like the Breaking Bad, like people were streaming this movie. Mm-hmm. People did watch it. Right. Um, which goes into my, like, I guess, if we're going to sort of casually parallel park into the into the criticism that we're talking about the movie. Um, I agree that it wasn't necessary, but the way that I've sort of thought of this movie is like imagine one of your favorite tv shows that's been off for six or seven years and somebody just tells you one day hey there's like three new episodes of it awesome like uh, was that necessary right. i mean <laughs> yeah. why does that have to be a part of the conversation sure absolutely and and i think that that the the question about whether or not it's necessary is it's a big one and especially because i think that the success of this and, and you're right i haven't like looked at numbers or anything but this i think you know for all intents and purposes it is considered a success and uh i i think we're going to see more of this going forward i mean this isn't exactly the first one i mean they've been doing this for a while like you used those two specific examples sex in the city veronica mars but i mean it's it's been happening for a while i think we're going to especially now continue to see a lot more of this. I think Netflix is going to continue to do a lot more of this because, you know, they, they keep wanting to create more and more uh, original content, and it seems to be a really easy way to do it, going back to these shows that they've, you know, got rights to and stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, what's to stop, uh, you know, what's to, what's to stop anybody from doing it? What's to stop um, Netflix? No. From doing a Friends movie, sure. Like I mean, just like an an extra, you know, half season of Friends. Or I don't, actually, I think back then, TV shows were like forty episodes uh, season, forty episode seasons back then. But um, you know, an extra like seven or eight episodes of Friends, right? 
20 minutes, then seven, 210 minutes. I, you know? Speaking of friends, because that's another old one, I, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier about uh, this Breaking Bad actually being pretty damn old. Like, you're so yeah. right. This movie, one thing that it really needed, I, I this isn't really what we normally do on the show is like go into straight up criticisms, but like this movie really needed a refresher at the beginning. And I actually watched like a little YouTube recap like a few days before I watched this. And even that didn't like do enough for me. Like there were still so many little things where I was like, like, wait, what? What is well, this? Well, looking, looking backwards at Breaking Bad, and I was a pretty big fan of it, but very late to the game. And I think like you... We both sort of like binged it during its last yeah, season or did. something, right? Yeah, both of us. Yeah. So, and then caught the last season live. Um, now, one thing I will say, and I'm going to get roasted for this, um, but I stand by it, and you can't fucking prove me wrong because I'm not wrong. <laughs> People get, I think you and I might have been having this conversation in the last couple of years about how, honestly, for the most part, unless you're in like a, a field like athletics or something like that, you get better with age mm. until you get to be about 65, 70, and then you start to lose your faculties and you start to suck at whatever you do. TV makers, writers, creators, showrunners, directors, artists, whatever you want to call it, they get better. Mm -hmm. I say that to say this, Better Call Saul has surpassed Breaking Bad. I agree. 100%. It is a better TV show. 100%. It's just a simply better TV show now yeah. than Breaking Bad was at its height. Yeah. Every single. Every single episode of Better Call Saul is throwing 110 miles an hour, and you're blown away at the end of it. Even the setup episodes and the slow episodes are just fucking whiz-bang insane. And you can't say that about Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad was a great show, maybe one of the greatest ever. And I know that people will shit on me for saying this, but, uh, I mean, it's become a better show. Uh, I think it's fascinating to look back at Breaking Bad as a relic of the sort of um, the real silver age of of prestige television, mm -hmm. because now everything that comes on is kind of like a carbon copy of prestige television. You see shows that um, that are trying to sort of mimic. We've talked before on this podcast about how you know there are people out there who try to take an A twenty four movie and just kind of do an impression sure. of an A twenty four movie. Yeah. And they're like, oh, look, it's like that kind of style. And it's like, yeah, but it, it's just style. There's no substance. Right. That's what's happening a lot these days, I think. And they're looking at things like, um, they're looking at Mad Men. Uh, they're looking at, you know, as, as far as period goes. They're looking at um, Sopranos as far as genre goes. And they're looking at Breaking Bad as far as that sort of like psychotension thriller type stuff goes. And everything is kind of a copy. Um, so Breaking Bad, yeah, was great for that moment in time. I just think Better Call Saul is, is a better TV show than than it ever was. So you know, whatever, bring out the pitch for it. Now, and you know, just one more one more point on that before I get to my first puzzle piece. Um, if if moving forward, it went from Breaking Bad to Better Call Saul, and they got better. I mean, this is obviously made now. Are they employing some of what they learned over these years? Do you think that this? this follows up Better Call Saul in, in, a, in a good way? Or do you think that they're kind of falling back to uh, Breaking Bad era, what they were, you know, capable of? Tonally, they definitely went back to the Breaking Bad style. Mm. And I mean, like, it's kind of hard when the main, the character who was on screen for 50% of a series is on screen for 100% of a movie. And, you know, like, it's kind of hard to draw those kind of distinctions because yeah. it's like, 
it's just Jesse up there. And you're just completely reminded from everything that happens from the scene, the, 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 the perennially Jesse scene that the, there's, I, I was worried because to answer your question, like I thought that they were going to do something like make a, make like, like they do dark Batman, you know, <laughs> I thought they were going to do dark Jesse. Right. Who's like not Jesse anymore. Who's like completely changed. Oh. And he's like, you know, wearing the black leather jacket. But the scene with Robert Forster mm-hmm. where he says, I'm 96% sure <laughs> right. that you're the guy. And he's so sure of himself and he's so wrong. Yeah. That's that's perfect Jesse. I was like, thank God they did that because that wouldn't be that character without him getting a little too overconfident and fucking up. Right. And uh, I thought it was perfect. Um, so, like, you know, I don't, I don't think that it's analogous even to be able to compare it to one of these more latter day Better Call Saul episodes, which are funny because they're like set in the years like 2004 to 2007. Mm-hmm. And I think you forget that Breaking Bad itself was only, even though it lasted, I think it was on air for seven years, but it, it had five seasons, right? Five seasons right. spread over seven calendar years. Mm-hmm. Um, it only, all of Breaking Bad took place in the course of like two and a half years. Because mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the series, He's celebrating his 50th birthday with the bacon on, you know, the bacon broken up in the shape of 50. And then at the end, he's breaking up his own bacon and it's 52. So he was only, it's only about two and a half years that the whole show spanned, which means that what we saw, this movie that we just watched took place sometime in like 2010. Mm -hmm. So even that is kind of, you know, it's a relic. These things are kind of relics by now. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and they do a great job of recreating that as they do on, uh, you know, the, the setting is always just so, so perfect. They, they do such so a great realized. job. So realized. Yeah, yeah. It's always so realized. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that's, I think that's just like a Vince Gilligan thing. Like that's, that's his trademark. Um, it certainly So seems. what do you got, Dave? So yeah, I'm going to go uh, for my first one. Actually, kind of just fits in neatly with your first two, Sex in the City and Veronica Mars, but it kind of goes in the opposite direction. Um, it, it's a movie well well it's a tv series that was based on a movie uh movie series and that is ash versus evil dead and the reason why okay. i bring up ash versus evil dead again like you're talking about was this movie necessary um ash versus evil dead the unfortunate series finale because it didn't get picked up for the fourth and fifth seasons that they had hoped for uh they left it in a place of ash being in the future and uh, there's still evil out there, and he's still going to have to uh, take care of that evil. And the alternate ending of Army of Darkness, all the way back in 1992, I believe it was, uh, was Ash drinking too many drops of the magic potion and ended up sleeping into the future, where he's going to end up most likely having to uh, deal with, with, with deadites in the future. So basically, nothing has changed. We just watched three seasons of a show to just wind up right back where the ending was, at least the alternate ending. And so here it's kind of the opposite direction. It, it's taking a series. We already had an ending, and now we end up basically in the same place at the end of the movie as as we assumed would have happened uh, at the end of the series. Yeah, they definitely didn't play any kind of tricks or games and like bring anybody back to life. They didn't do anything where it was like... I'm, <laughs> the thing I was most worried about going into this and I never should have been because Vince Gilligan is a storyteller with some integrity sure. and a creator with, who has, you know, a pretty fully realized vision of what he wants to do. Um, the thing I was going to worry about was like that I worried about was it would be like 
you know, fade cut from Jesse in the El Camino back to Walt's body, and then Walt's hand moves a little bit, and he's not actually dead. <laughs> right. And then it's like, Walt in a hospital, and somehow he, like, eludes authorities again. And I, I was so worried they were going to do something like that, much like the Ash vs. Evil Dead series, which I really only watched two seasons, two and a half seasons of. I didn't finish the last half season. Mm-hmm. It kind of lost me a little bit. Um, the scene where he's, like, slipping around in the sperm, the sperm donation center, I just... I think I shut it off there and I never turned it back on. <laughs> that was a little too much for you. It was a bit much. And I was just, I could tell that they were just going to like swing for the fences with, you know, yeah, in, yeah. in that respect. Well, so if, if, like no, if nothing else, the first episode of the series makes it all worthwhile. So like yeah. if, if nothing else, anything that came after that, at least we had that. So. And you as a fan, I mean, you're glad they did those, those, it's not like you have some weird fealty to the original, um, the original, intellectual property where you're like don't mess with it don't fuck oh, it up no. it's like, I, if somebody's I, I like give, give give a little more bruce campbell doing silly shit like I'll, I'll you're there for it i waited my entire adult life for it <laughs> absolutely well, that might be a bad example then but <laughs> <laughs> well uh what do you got for your next one so let me keep doing this thing where i'm like sort of since i seem to have probably like three times as many as you let me do this thing where i sort of package them up together a little bit mm-hmm and what I want to, I guess what the common theme is with these two are um, machinations and the way things work in the worlds that are built, right? We talked about how Vince Gilligan sort of builds out these, these really detailed worlds. He only really had two and a half. This could have been a whole season of TV mm. if you wanted to build out this world a little bit more. Um, of course, his famous calling card with Breaking Bad was always like, uh, you know, introducing science. Like there was some science behind something that someone did, whether it was like practical applied science of, you know, uh, creating a, a gun turret out of spare parts or whether it was, you know, chemistry fa- uh, fashioning ricin out of, out of beans or out of a, I forget what kind of beans that was that he used. Um, but okay. So the way things work in this world, um, two picks that are not really much like each other. Triple Frontier, Netflix's earlier uh, foray into big film that was that I think came out early this year. I think it was in January. Um, yeah, yeah, that was starred Ben Affleck and uh, Oscar Isaac and a, um, a, a cast of other people. Who else was in that? This this guy that I don't really know much about. This, who everybody says is like a big deal. Every action guy uh, was in it, but I'm drawing a blank on more names. Uh, Mangi- yeah, Lucas Manginella or something like that, or whatever. Was he in it? No, that comes no, no. All those people were <laughs> um, in it, though. So Triple Frontier was a fun movie, and it kind of left me in a similar way to this El Camino movie, where I was like, "Oh, that was great. I'm glad I watched that." Mm. Um, it was uh, it, it was a movie where. It was what what you like to think of as sort of like an A to B movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, these guys have to get, this guy or these guys have to get from this place to this place. These are the things. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the beginning of the old Castlevania games where they would show you like, you got to get from here to there. These are the things that are in your way. Right. And like, and, and like, and they kind of zoom out and they show you the, 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 the problem yeah. writ large. And then they, they zoom back in and show how you tackle it, right? And that's what we got with, with Breaking Bad, El Camino, with El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. It was a situation where Jesse was trying to, you know, we knew what he needed to do. 
He needed to scoop up so many gold coins, right? He needed to get sure. he needed needed to get money. Uh, he needed to pay a um, you know, basically an NPC, mm-hmm. which is what Robert Forster's character was, who's like, you know, bring me eighteen hundred dollars more than what you have, and I can do the thing that you need me to do. And he he achieved the mission. He finished the mission. And it was very much the same with Triple Frontier. Did you get a chance to see that I movie? D- or I not? did. Yeah, I watched it. It was all right. It was pretty good. It was fine. Yeah, it was um, a good little action movie. Uh, and from the beginning of that movie, they lay it out. They're like, okay, success in this mission looks like this. We're going to do this heist. It's going to go down like this. We know where the money is. We're going to get out this way. This is our escape route. We're going to have to take this helicopter. And they, it's kind of like laid out in a very similar way. And it felt, it, it felt, I, I almost, in this spot, I almost said Ocean's Eleven, but Ocean's Eleven was way more, I think, realized and way more clever. Sure. This was like hard charging, smashing through. Fuck, man, I got to walk into a room full of people that I'm going to probably have to shoot and I'll just fucking figure it out on the fly. Whereas everything in movies like Ocean's Eleven are more well thought out and clever and you, you realize later sure. there was always a plan. Yeah. It, if it was Walt as the protagonist of this movie, there would have always been a plan. But since it was Jesse in keeping with that character, a lot of it was flying by the seat of his pants, exactly. which I thought was great and reminded me a lot of Triple Frontier. Also, the way things physically worked in this movie, um, the, or the, way that the, um, the way that the narrative functioned reminded me of one of our favorites, uh, Memento, hmm. which was, um, you know, obviously... A very memorable movie for a lot of people, but the reason I bring it up here is because of the games that it played with, um, with with memory and with uh, the linear nature of storytelling, and with the way that it would jump, you know, kind of in a again non-linear way back and forth, back and forth, and show things happening outside of a traditional timeline. Sure. Um, I thought that they did a great job not dwelling too much, although a little bit of the Todd stuff I wasn't really that into. Um, I like, also, I like, like him. Uh, it, it was a little, a little weird that he obviously doesn't look quite the same as he doesn't did. look the same at all anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird, but you know, it's crazy. You know, he met, um, Kirsten Dunst in that movie and they ended up getting married. Yeah. Yeah. Or in that TV show. Right. That, right. The uh, show. Season two of Fargo. Fargo. And they ended up like getting together with each other. That's such a weird, I mean like more power to you, man. You're batting way out of your league there. Kirsten, <laughs> yeah. Kirsten Dunst, but congrats. Congrats, Dead bro. Freak. <laughs> yeah. I always thought, somebody told me once when Breaking Bad came out, somebody was like, you know that that's Matt Damon's little brother? And I believed it for years. Oh, I was like, damn, that's Matt Damon's little brother? I believe it. It looks like fucking, like, like if somebody like scooped out a bunch of Matt Damon. That, ma- that makes me angry and- to hear. <laughs> somebody was <laughs> passing that off as that was a thing at some point <laughs> well i i think those are uh those are both good uh puzzle pieces i do want to oh you think they're good i do Great. i think they're good Glad. i want to circle back to something though that you said there though while you were talking about memento uh you said one of our favorite movies don't you love Memento? Didn't I, you and I watch that a bunch? No, I don't. I, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I've only ever seen it the one time when it first came out. Um, and I mm. probably would love it if I watched it again, but I don't think we ever watched that together. Must have been with somebody else I hate. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, I'm going to go with another puzzle piece here. Uh, this is actually one I just thought of um, while you were talking there. I'm going to talk about Fargo. Good. 
uh, which oh, okay. I, I think uh, both the movie and the series, you know, they both kind of fit just that that weird little like small town crime kind of situation. And this focusing just more so on uh, a few oddball characters, which a lot of, you know, the Fargo series was that way, like focusing in on these weird yeah, criminals. You know, especially season one. Yeah. Like where, especially when they sort of let us inside of the, what was it? The Lester character. And everything that he's doing is sort of flying by the seat of his pants, and he's fucking up left and right, and barely surviving. And he has, uh, you know, he 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 has killers on his trail. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I see that. That's a good. That's a good pull. I I feel like if I uh, if I rewatch any like you know drama type series, like not just like a silly comedy, it's going to be a Fargo series. I really want to watch those again, especially because I was baked out of my mind when we watched season two together. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I want to like I don't know since since you don't really have that many I'm gonna uh, let l- let me let me let me throw a couple out there. Um, I I was getting through this movie really heavy Michael Mann vibes, mm. and I couldn't really put my finger on it because all my favorite Michael Mann stuff, um, all my favorite Michael Mann stuff is his L.A. stuff, right? I I love. Uh, collateral. Mm-hmm. I loved um, uh, the TV show Luck, which was Never saw faded because yeah, they killed a bunch of horses and they had to cancel. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, but it was a great show, man. Incredible, Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman on TV as a main character on a TV show, mm. fucking insane. Um, and like Nick Nolte, it was just packed with stars. Uh, incredible show that they just couldn't get off the ground because they couldn't stop fucking murdering horses. <laughs> um. So, uh, anyway, I had to dig a little deep back to some, to, to, uh, some Michael Mann that I hadn't actually seen since I was, um, younger, a teen, a, a te- I don't think I've seen this since I was a teenager, so I don't really remember much of it, but I remember loving it. Um, 1981's Thief. You remember Thief? I do not, no. Thief was, uh, starring, um, it was a Michael Mann movie, it was starring James Caan, uh, Tuesday Weld, which shows you how old it was in a Tuesday Weld in it. Mm. Willie Nelson, Robert Prosky. Um, it was an American, like, neo-noir crime film. It was just what you would expect from Michael Mann in the 80s. It was sort of, like, like subdued, but also hard-charging. It was uh, where, where James Conn played a, a jewel thief. He was an ex-con who was, like, doing the whole, like, one more... I gotta just do this one more job right. to get out for good, you know that that whole situation, and um, it, it made me think of like a, a, a filmmaker who I don't think I know enough about on it, honestly, but who, how do you put this? Like, there are people who you might not be into, you might not be specifically familiar with their work, like you don't, you're not like a fan of it per se, but you're aware of the 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 impression or the indentation that it's made on culture and for me i just kind of wanted to throw like the whole catalog of sergio leone out there Mm. like all of it the good the bad the ugly once upon a time in the west fistful of dollars for a few dollars more um my name is nobody fistful of dynamite all of this stuff is the jesse story sure uh you know it's it's the it's this like lone hero who's conflicted and has made mistakes and is trying again trying to like trying to get out of this life but doesn't really have a place to go and is just trying to find whatever the next 
horizon is, whatever the next frontier is. And and, um, and it ends yeah. with a uh with a draw, you know, a yeah. <laughs> a showdown thing. Yeah. Uh it's yeah, I mean it's it's totally a western. I mean, he took these characters that we we haven't seen in, you know, what, eight years or whatever, and threw them into a western, basically. Yeah. Um specifically, one of the less traditional style I mean like it's that thing where it's that like Tarantino thing where you can make a western out of like a, a crazy ninja movie mm-hmm. like uh, you know um but one of the ones that really kind of that I do remember seeing I actually have seen this before is Once Upon a Time in America do you remember that or no Sure yeah I mean it's one of those movies that I I think I saw in high school and don't really remember very well but I certainly remember it yeah, so with uh, De Niro and James Woods and um, Elizabeth McGovern, Joe Pesci, it was a really old movie. It was from 84. Mm. I, too, saw it in high school because that wasn't exactly the kind of movie I was watching when I was, like, you know, three years old yeah. or whatever. <laughs> um, but it had that same dynamic of, like, this guy who's, uh, you know, he's, he's sort of paid his dues. Uh, not paid his dues. That's the wrong way of saying he's pay- He's paid a price. Mm for a bad life that he's lived. And in his mind, I think he thinks it's even now. He carries guilt and weight for the bad things that he's done, but he also thinks like, hey, I deserve a shot right now right? because I'm still a young person. I still have my whole life ahead of me and I've had horrible retribution um, you know, enacted upon me. So, uh, you know, the the, the the slate is clean, and if I can just pull off this one last thing, then maybe I maybe I get a happy ending after all, or just an a, an ending that's not so abrupt and violent. Sure, yeah, it, it, that that is kind of a a thing. I feel like I've seen in so many movies, um, trying, but I I don't really have a lot of good examples. But it does seem like it comes from that Western world. Right? Well, from it's Westerns. the thing where you and I talk all the time about like. There's an entire 50 or 60 years of Hollywood that inform the last 20, 25 years of Hollywood. You and I, and I think a lot of people our age who don't try to front like they're film nerds, but are like just like fans of movies sure. and like fans of cinema, but are not what you would consider film nerds. We don't try to front like, like we think Rafifi is great. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I don't try to front like Citizen Kane is great. Sure. I'm sorry. It's not really that fucking good. If you compare it to, to, to compared to time. to Venom, to Venom, <laughs> it's not that great. Venom's incredible compared to fucking uh, <laughs> Citizen Kane. <laughs> Can I ask you something? A take. You're, the, you're a film guy, right? Sure. You're supposed to be a film, film guy. guy. Yeah. Fucking fade in. The greatest movie of all time. Uh-huh. Fade in. He's like uh, uh, Rose Rosebud <laughs> falls over. <laughs> Housekeeper walks in. Rest of the movie is about what was Rosebud. Who heard him say Rosebud? Nobody heard him say it. You know what would be the best thing is, uh, is, is if you hadn't actually seen Citizen Kane and that was like a, a critic parody or something. <laughs> and that's what you thought the movie was, you know? And you just like totally threw that out there as, as what the movie is. <laughs> that is a, first of all you're betraying your own ignorance right now you're 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 letting you're 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 telling on yourself 
Because what you're telling everybody is that you haven't actually seen Citizen Kane. Oh, no. I, 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 I'm, again, one of those movies I'm sure I watched in high school and have not seen since then. And you, you know what? I, I'm going to tell you right now, just a total aside. I went and saw the, uh, the 40th anniversary of Alien uh, two nights ago in the theater. Mm-hmm. And about 30 minutes in, I was like, have I seen this? Like I didn't remember a single fucking scene in the movie. Even even the uh, the chest bursting scene, which of course everybody knows. No, that's the, my, that's the start. That's the start, no, though. No, no, but even even that scene in my mind, it happened the way it happened You're in Spaceballs. <laughs> Spaceballs, yeah, yeah. So I, no, I, even, I seriously, my brain. But that's is mush. the beginning of like when we talk about like what's okay, what's what's in our attention span. Yeah. That what was Alien seventy eight something yeah. like that yeah that's the beginning of when it's okay to start paying attention in movies mm-hmm. that's like when like everything before that you can kind of look and see like okay well I mean I see again like it's just very little you know that's why I, I was recently I was texting with you when I was doing this because uh, as uh, astute listeners know I got a, I have a little kid and I went and saw I. I think it was like the 75th or 80th or maybe 100th. I don't know, fucking whatever. But um, the like it was some, it was a, a 35 millimeter showing of Wizard of Oz. I went to that. God, god damn, man, that movie holds up. Yeah, that movie will be watchable in 50 years, it, it, like in 100 years from now. When everything looks like fucking Gemini Man, and everything is in 190 um, frames per second, and looks like a washed out, uh, you know, a, a washed out soap opera, that movie will still look and feel and like hit your eye and hit your ear perfectly. Yeah, and it's an incredible movie. Citizen Kane is garbage. There's no. I saw it maybe five years ago. It's not a good movie. You'll be bored out of your mind. Everybody, this is one of those things where people tell you things mm-hmm. because they feel like there's that's what they're supposed to say. Yeah, and it's not true. How did anybody know he said rosebud? <laughs> How did anyone know he was in a room alone? That's an enormous plot hole. I want to watch it now. Thirty seconds in the first thirty seconds of the fucking movie, there's a a plot hole that undermines the entire premise of the fucking movie. That's the greatest movie ever made. God, now, like, now I kind of want to watch it. Don't bother. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys came for the El Camino uh, piecing it together We're episode. We're just shitting on film history. And you're staying for <laughs> sh- me shitting on Citizen Kane. Well, I got one more puzzle piece. Uh, why, don't, why don't I drop this one on you? Uh, this is a Mel Gibson movie from 1999 called Payback. Um, oh yes, and yes, I yes. wanted to bring this up because uh, yeah. Jesse is so set on just getting his eighteen hundred dollars, not an even two thousand, and Mel Gibson right. is so set on getting seventy thousand, not just 70, the 000. whole hundred and thirty thousand that uh, was stolen. So right. just what's yeah. owed. It, it's just, just owed. that moment of the movie just totally reminded me of it. Right immediately when it happens, I was like, oh, just like payback. That's awesome. Underrated funny movie. Hell yeah, the movie's like got some real funny parts to it. Hell yeah. Um. And tonally, who's the director of that? Because I feel like that became a um I can't you say when was that? Nineteen ninety nine? Yeah. That's one that's crazy. That's one of those that movies movie, that has a director. Every style. every movie that was set in like New York or Chicago or Boston for the next ten years looked exactly like that movie. Oh yeah. That was, that movie was it was so freaking good. 
that it was directed by Brian Helgeland, but I believe there was a different version that came out also from a different director. Uh, from uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, maybe I'm gonna say maybe it was the same director. I thought it was a different director got to make a different cut of the movie. That movie was good, man. So good. I remember seeing it and thinking to myself, like, the, 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 how about this for a stretch from um, uh, Brian, that guy Brian Helg- Helgeland, mm-hmm. who was a writer and a director and has some has some pretty has some uh, pretty good directing credits, sure, but is got just like a murderer's row of writing credits. Yeah. How about this? Um, so he directed uh, he directed forty two. Which was a Jackie Robinson um, biopic. He directed uh, a Knight's Tale, underrated, an, a, another yeah, movie that bad. was sort of a genre, a, a genre send up that was kind of like a, a comedic version of a genre movie. Payback and Payback, and I guess like a season of Tales from the Crypt. The Order. Did you ever see The Order or no? I think so. That sounds familiar. Okay, fine. Oh yeah, Heath Ledger. Not bad. How about this? Listen to this screenplay and writing work. Mystic River. Mm-hmm. Knight's Tale, Payback, The Postman, which is a favorite of uh, some friends of ours, Conspiracy Theory, underrated, bad movie, L.A. Confidential. Um, mm-hmm. He wrote 42, wrote Rob- Robin Hood, which was pretty good, Green Zone, underrated movie, um, Taking of the Pelham 123 uh, remake, which itself was a very underrated movie, the one with Denzel. Um, and he's got some stuff in the, uh, in, in the pipeline. Wild Currently Bunch. working on a Game of Thrones that. spinoff. Damn. Hey, man. I, I mean, I'm just saying, for a guy whose name doesn't immediately like ring in your ear, exactly. This guy's had some pretty big fucking. Uh, big, big. That's a good pull. I like that, I, and I loved Payback. That was such a good movie. Fantastic. We might have seen that in the theater together when we were like 18 or something. That's possible. Yeah, that's like right when we right around when we first started hanging out. Um. So. <clears throat> let me drop a couple more on you, Dave. Sure. These two, what do they have in common? Tone, tonality, like the the actual look and feel of the um of the movie, uh, and maybe a little bit more extreme examples. Um, one has a more clear path to El Camino than the other does. So let me start with the one that's a little bit more of a reach, and that is. My new guy, who I have sort of discovered and decided that I like, Nicholas Wending Refn, uh, <laughs> Drive, starring Ryan Gosling from I think 2013. This movie was sounds right. Um, which I thought was a good movie. I never revisited it. It's not exactly like a rewatchable movie. Um, it's not like a movie that you're gonna go back and I mean, like 2011. By the way, it should not have. I shouldn't have said 2013. Um. But just the feel and the, I mean, like, I don't know how to put it into words, but come on, this movie had heavy drive energy, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. I, I could see that. Absolutely. You know, it's a total, uh, the, the, the guy trying to like get his way out of this like fucked up situation that crime has gotten him into. Mm-hmm. And along those lines, one of, as we get ready, um, you know, a little, little bit of a preview for, uh, for, upcoming episode hopefully soon because we don't know when this movie is going to come out but um dave and i are going to be talking about parasite in the future Mm -hmm. and uh so with our eye toward korean cinema cinema my all-time favorite korean movie old boy 
star, uh, which was a uh, Chenwook Park, and um, starring a very, uh, <laughs> a very Jesse. What is Jesse's last name again? Pinkman. Jesse Pinkman. Uh, Jesse Pinkman esque uh, Minsuk Choi, who was playing the um, the the character Desuo, and again a character who has been tortured, has been beaten, has been like ruined, has had his life torn down around him. The difference, of course, with um, Desuo was that he didn't know why. It was a mystery why he was you know kept in prison for I think it was fifteen years, if I remember correctly, from that movie. Um, Jesse obviously did know why he was being held by the the Aryans, um, but still, what we get is sort of a a redemption arc of sorts, mm-hmm. a twisted one, one that's not clean and isn't um isn't easy. And uh, yeah, so did you ever watch Old Boy? I don't think I ever actually saw it. I certainly know of it and everything, and I know. Damn. So what we've it. learned about you today is that you've never seen the greatest movie in American film history, and you've never seen, to this point, the greatest movie in Korean film history. Interesting. I, there's a, probably a lot more countries whose greatest film I haven't seen. If we were to dig in, we could start a whole podcast just about that. You know, they're saying this, I mean, we'll, we'll get more into this with Parasite, I suppose, but, like, I, I was fascinated to find out that, like, no Korean movies have earned any Oscar. Yeah. Foreign film, documentary, nothing. Yeah, that's bizarre. Considering that Korean films, I think, are considered to be like pretty much almost on par with 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 American films, like in terms of their quality, they're sure. incredible. They have some of the best auteurs. Yeah, no, they're hugely celebrated filmmakers uh, that come from there, and it's it's very very strange that the Academy has never honored any of them. It's really weird. I, I have a feeling uh, Parasite probably is going to be a big contender this year. But uh, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Hopefully, it opens this month here. So, so that's what I got for our our uh, El Camino Great. piecing it together. Well, then uh, I'm going to read down the finished puzzle, and we'll get to our closing thoughts on the movie. Uh, we talked about Sex in the City, Veronica Mars, Ash vs. Evil Dead, Triple Frontier, Memento, Fargo, Thief, the films of Sergio Leone, Payback, Drive, and Old Boy. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess let, let's go old school. What'd you think of this movie, Q? I liked it. Like I said earlier, you know, it was, um, it was a, just a situation where somebody dropped three episodes of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, it was like, you know what it felt like? It felt like a long bottle episode mm-hmm. where, and I don't think they ever did that, if I can remember correctly. I don't think they really did that with Breaking Bad that much. You know, the bottle episodes, it's always when you have to, like, um, it's always when you like when, when when one of your leads has like a feature film that they're also doing, mm-hmm. and you have to give them like a couple months off that they normally wouldn't get. Yeah, and so you have to be like, okay, we're gonna do like a an all Jesse episode, <laughs> and um, so it reminded me of that. You know, when it when a TV show will just drop a, a bottle episode, the one that was famous for that, obviously the one that was all bottle episodes was the TV show The Leftovers where it would just focus on one character a week, basically, and their minimal interactions with the other characters. Um, so I liked it. Again, there's this weird canard that people are throwing around out there where it's like, it wasn't essential. It wasn't necessary. Mm. And it's like, what, what, what's fucking necessary? Like, what is necessary? I don't know. Like, did you need, uh, did you need any of this stuff? Right. Like, of, cor- of course it's not necessary. It's enjoyable and fun. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, I also I do like to look at movies in, you know, in that that kind of terms. Like, is it necessary? Because I, I, I love movies so much that for me, it's like, yeah, I, I feel like I couldn't live without, uh, you know, I don't know, the lighthouse coming up soon. It's got to be so good or I'm gonna just going to be like so upset, you know. Um, but yeah, this it. And that's to me, and I, I'm not going to, there's no reason to stretch this out into the whole Netflix debate and stuff like that right now. But to me, I feel like a, a, a production company like Netflix uh, or whatever the hell they are at this point, but a, a company putting out content like this, yeah, it does. Their utility it, yeah, is what they are. Exactly. They've turned, themselves, they've turned themselves into a utility. Yeah. And it, it doesn't have to be that. You're absolutely right. And just because it's using these characters that's, that are so beloved from a series that is considered one of the best of all time, it still doesn't have to be. It's just an entertaining uh, a little movie. And I, I, I absolutely did enjoy it for what it was. And I, I luckily, um, I, I do like to talk shit about Netflix quite a bit, but uh, they actually opened it in one theater here in Las Vegas. And so I got to see it in the theater. And did it need to be seen in the theater? Probably not, but I'm glad I got to. And props to Netflix for... Uh, you know, uh, trying to make me happy, I guess. They also opened Dolomite as my name in theaters this weekend. Uh, two theaters. I, I think I think you're on to something, though, with respect to that being, to, to this maybe considered to be inessential extra little grabs becoming the norm with Netflix mm-hmm. as they sort of begin to harvest all of this um, intellectual property, right? Like, they're going to do this more. Yeah. There's going to be more, quote-unquote, inessential things yeah. like i saw i don't know if it was in the um piecing pod popcorn uh group somebody in one of the movie forums that i'm in shared i mean like think about this the oldest intellectual property i can think of apart from maybe the fucking bible is the punch and judy um puppet shows and they made up they made a movie a fucking prestige probably gonna win or get considered for a number of um of awards they made a punch and judy movie a movie about the two puppets that punch each other (laughs) about wife beating basically (laughs) and it looks fucking well made it looks profound well considered it looks like it's gonna be a really damn good movie it's got um damon harriman who i really fucking love What movie is this what's it called it's called judy and punch oh yeah i saw that that trailer shared i didn't get a chance to watch it yet from age three, I mean, it's a little politically incorrect now. I mean, it's it's also just, like, horrible. But from age, like, from, from since we were babies, since our great-great-grandparents were babies, you could go to any, like, little fair or, you know, county fair children's event and you see some marionettes doing the Punch and Judy thing, right? Mm-hmm. The Punch and Judy is just that the man beats up his wife. Yeah. That's all. That's what, yeah. that's the joke. That's the long and the short of it. Yeah. Somebody took that, which is... It, like as old as time itself, as old as society, that 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 intellectual property, and in a very Disney-like stroke, they turned it into a prestige drama, sort of absurdist farce movie. And <laughs> I mean, I guess my point is like, if intellectual property is just up for grabs and people are taking it and remastering it and turning out things like you know Judy and Punch and The Joker. And coming up with all these different interpretations, yeah, there's going to be a bunch of inessential stuff. So, fig- you know, 
sit down and pick the stuff that you actually want to waste an hour and a half or two hours consuming. Well, you know, I think that brings us to the end of the El Camino episode. And I, I think it also is a good setup for something I was thinking about. Um, you know, Disney Plus is launching on November 12th. And I don't know if you saw that that like multi-hour long thread of all of the shows and movies that are going to be on it, all the classic Disney properties that's going to be on it. I really feel like that would make for a great Bird Road episode for us to just like going through that and talking about all those different shows and, and movies and things like that. And, and like whether or not those are things that you actually uh, care about or I care about or that we'd ever watch ever, you know? No, no, I'll say no. I'll just save you all the time. No, no I'm not. I, I'm not going to watch it. All right. Actually, let me let me say it this way. OK, we asked forever. We as consumers. We asked for this. We asked for this. Yeah. We asked for the a la carte option. We sure did. People like people like you said, why is eight dollars of every one of my Cox uh, bills going towards ESPN? Mm-hmm. It's just pointless. Like, I, I don't want that. Give me an opportunity to um, pick apart and make a la carte choices about my my viewing. And then when streaming became a thing, it became feasible in the realm of on-demand, right? Where it was just like, oh, well, we have all these apps. Without getting into the fucking obnoxious friction that all these apps create where every single time you have to fucking ping them off of your phone and enter some six-digit code to get... Sign me out today. Now I got to go find my password. Remember back in the day when you could just change channels and now you have to fucking go, you have to go through like double authentication to change, cha- to do the effective version of changing channels. Mm-hmm. So those, that's why my, my invention that I want to tell you about, uh, that I told you about that, that, that one day is like the billion dollar invention that I'm never going to make. So if anybody out there wants to do it, then yeah. um, good luck. We'll put but, it in the show notes. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> my point is it's necessity. If there's a thing that absolutely forces me to download and begin paying for an app, then I'll do it. I go back and forth, for instance, on um, the Stars app, right? The Star, you know, Stars charges 10 bucks for their app. Yeah. I don't need the Stars channel. I don't fucking watch it. My wife loves um, Outlander. Mm. So for 10 weeks a year, I pay for the Stars app. I get it for free for a month. And then for the last month and a half, I pay for it. And then I just have to set myself a little Google Calendar reminder. Shut off the fucking stars app after the season finale of Outlander mm-hmm. because why in the world would you need that app? Yeah. Right. Similarly, like, uh, look at Hulu, right? Hulu has some things that are decent. As long as this Wu Tang show is on, I'll probably keep watching it. Right. As long as, I don't know, as long as Amazon had, uh, the Patriot on, I would keep watching it. I mean, th- th- they have to force me. They have to really grab me and force me and be like, look, this is the only place you're going to see this. This is it. And if this is your show, a show that you love, then like you are basically compelled to, 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 buy, to get the app. Mm. Disney? I don't know how you're going to do that. And then the other one, the one who honestly their programming looks like fucking trash is Apple. Right. Yeah. Apple's programming looks like there's, I don't know what you guys think you're going to do to get me to watch that, but um, fucking, I don't know, the, the, that stupid morning show with, uh, Jennifer Aniston, like that ain't gonna do it. I'm not. In, I'm not interested. <laughs> you got anything you want to plug? Eat my ass. No. I think you just hug up on me. <laughs> Bye.
I'm Josh Bell. I'm Jason Harris. Hey, Josh, we're friends in real life, but we're also co-hosts on this new podcast called Awesome Movie Year, where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies and do a deep dive looking at movies, including the best picture winner, the biggest movie at the box office, future cult classics, and more. Including the biggest flop. And this season, we're doing 1994. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. That could be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. We're all over the web as well at Awesome Movie Year on all the socials and awesomemovieyear.com. So please like us, subscribe. And uh, if you do like us, give us a five-star rating because we love you. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation about El Camino. Uh, I want to thank Q for being on the show again. I always love having him on. And you know what? If you're listening uh, and you want us to do some more Bird Road, why don't you write in and let us know? You could tweet uh, at Bird Road Podcast and tell Q that you want more Bird Road. You want us to get back to recording some Bird Road because it's been way too long since our last Bird Road episode. And uh, you want to hear some more Bird Road. So let us know. Uh, you could also just tweet at me and I'll forward that tweet over to him in the form of a... Uh, a little, a little screenshot action going on, and I'll, I'll send them screenshots of your, your loving, supportive tweets at Peating Pod that you want more Bird Road episodes coming up. So we'll, we'll, we'll try to make that happen. I would love to see that happen. So uh, that does it for today's episode of Piecing It Together. You can rate and review Piecing It Together if you enjoy the show over at Apple Podcasts. You can also, of course, always, uh, you know, follow us on social media, join the Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. Uh, we also have a Patreon where there is a couple of advanced episodes up right now. Next week on the show, we already have scheduled and ready to post uh episodes on stuber and dolomite is my name but you can listen to them right now on the patreon if you sign up for anywhere from the three dollar tier on up we're starting to uh, record some bonus content for that patreon to start building it out and having a lot of stuff but for now we're going to be throwing some advanced episodes on there including those two which have been up for a few days now and uh yeah you'll be able to hear them of course for free on the main feed uh starting Monday for uh, Stuber, next Friday for Dolomite, but um, it's cool to get podcasts early, right? You guys should like that. So uh, let's leave you guys with a piece of music as we always do here on Piecing It Together, and I got a lot of tracks that would fit with uh, the whole Breaking Bad style vibe. Um, let's see. Um, you might be able to hear my mouse clicking as I Look around my computer to find a good one for you. All right, why don't we go with this track called The Black River, which I always felt felt like something that could have definitely been in this kind of a Breaking Bad kind of universe or this kind of a show. So enjoy The Black River, and we'll be back next week with more Piecing It Together.
and All Points West. Thank you.